So this is take two. Take two. Um, can you believe we were twenty minutes into a very nice conversation? Yeah. Just we from up. the recorder not to be recording. Yeah, the recorder wasn't recording. Simple audio engineering mistakes. Yeah, we messed up. But anyway, <laughs> let's. Uh, I guess we will introduce it again. So yes. This is officially the second episode of. What would be the first one of the terrible. Re- the, uh, Shit. The Terrible Reception Podcast. <laughs> Last time we didn't have a name. Thank you guys so much for helping us out, breaking yep. down the, uh, the the choices that we had. Uh, we narrowed it down from like five to seven choices down to like four. We put it up on Instagram, put mm-hmm. a couple polls, and the winner was the Terrible Reception Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we love this name. Um, and uh, now we're officially on Spotify. We're also officially on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, not iTunes. Uh, what we call that? Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a separate little app for it. But um, I think it ended up being like a great name in a sense. Mm-hmm. Terrible reception because it's kind of like reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like we feel like we've always tried to put out good quality. Maybe the reception hasn't been the best or like, you know. You're still trying to get through to somebody. So, mm-hmm. like, this is that extension of... Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, it's a play on words in right. so many different ways. But And um, also in the descriptions, uh, whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, or, or Apple Podcasts, uh, we kind of put a little description together where it's like, we're the voice for the people that feel um, that nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, often we feel like nobody's listening to us. 100%. So, you know, that's kind of where the terrible reception name came from. So, um, yeah. you know, so I guess we can jump right into it. Um, yes. Oh, by the way, excuse the setup for now. We're like still in transition. This will be the official placement of the podcast, kind of where we record out of my house. And uh, we're just waiting on mics, so audio quality is going to be a lot nicer mm-hmm. for you guys. You know, next couple of podcasts, everything is going to be set up correctly. But yeah, for the meantime, we're still rocking out. Yes, sir. And, um, you know, we did get good reception from yes. several people on the YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves what we did on the first one. So, um, you know, we figured we keep it going. Exactly. Um, for whoever is listening. And, um, you know, so uh, just to bounce off of that on YouTube and Instagram, we got a few questions, I guess, that we can answer on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one in particular was the creative process. Yeah. Now, before we got into this whole spiel of how we were doing the whole creative process, we answered maybe like two or three questions already before we realized that the recorder wasn't recording. Yeah. So uh, that was my fault. That was my fault. 100%. Forgive us if it were a little blah, because we feel like we delivered it great the first time. But, you know, the creative process, um, you know, since we do several things, being that we do music, we mm-hmm. do photography, we do videos, um, <clears throat> you know, we'll start off with the music. Yeah. So with the music, what I was explaining is that we usually, Rich comes up with the beats most of the time, maybe 95% of the time. Uh, it's produced by him. And um, he'll come at me with a concept. Uh, sometimes he'll have a hook. Sometimes he might just have a melody for a hook. And then, um, you know, that's kind of where we come together and, you know, we say, um, um, I'm kind of the one that's like, okay, maybe that is for us. Maybe that's not for us. Mm-hmm. This sounds super dope, but, you know, 
I don't think it's our vibes. You know what I mean? I was like emphasizing that kind of on that where I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I'll be working like day and night on a beat, just trying to perfect it. I'm like, yo, this is going to be it. And then like, I know a lot of producers definitely go through this where you're like, this is the beat. This is it. I work like two days on this. You send it to your friend. They're like, yes, hi. And then you're just like mad as hell, right? Versus like the beat that you worked on for like 15 minutes. And then you send it to your boy and you're like, yo, this is crazy. I could rap on this all day. And you're just like, come on, man. Like The funny thing is I could feel the, the anger through the text. Thing. Right? You feel that tension? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought like, because like, I always felt like, yo, Maybe it's just like I'm a sensitive person, but I feel like when people text, like it's not just monophonic. It's just like it has passion in mm-hmm. it. Like you can feel when your friend's angry and texting you. You can mm-hmm. tell if they're aggy. You can tell if they're happy or excited. Uh-huh. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's the funny thing because usually I'm busy with like a million things. So when you send me things, you usually have a habit of doing like, oh, here's a beat. Oh, here's the concept. Here's the the, the, the hook I have. No. Here's this, this, and that for like four different things. And I'm like in the middle of my day running around, driving everywhere. And, you know, I'll get like 50 text messages at once. And I'm like, how do I reply to all of these individually? See, like we're, we're similar in so many ways, but we're also like very different. Like the way we live our personal lives and everything else is kind of like I my job is like from home. Jay's job is outside in the field. So it's like when I'm texting him on top of having ADD, my thoughts are like everywhere. I'm like texting him with mad ideas, hoping that he understands everyone. But you know what I'm saying? It's like it gets to be a lot on his end trying to like cipher it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, like I was explaining earlier with the whole when you come at me with some ideas, it's like you have like this full course, like thanksgiving feast that you've been working on from like the night before marinating this beat (laughs) marinating this snare putting this drop here specifically for me because you think i'm gonna like it and then when it comes to me i'm like in the middle of something and i'm like oh that's cool and that's me just just replying like legit yo that's dope yeah and then you're like i could feel like the like in the cartoons when the face got red and the steam would come out the ears yeah i felt that and you'll be like okay see it's come it's come with time with understanding where like jay's letting me know like i got it i'm gonna check more into it later but like when it first happened it was kind of like all right that's all you that's all i put in all this work and that's that's how you feel about it so it's like it was a miscommunication so communication is key between you and anybody in your business on your team communication like let them know this is my way of responding because i'm in this situation because that's what i feel like this is what breaks up groups Mm -hmm. this is what it's those things that add up they're like oh yo you know the homie's not appreciative of like what i do like Mm -hmm. why am i wasting my time this 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 and this you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so yeah and i guess that's a good segue to discuss the other uh, question we got and it's the um how do we deal with disagreements and compromising when it comes to the creative process right yeah, yeah. so um a lot of that has to do with trust right mm-hmm. so you know we discussed the music piece um and the music piece we're both pretty into the music right mm-hmm. so you're more of the, like the technical guy with the the 
instruments that we need to use as far as the pieces for the equipment. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to, like, the whole creative with the writing, the melodies, the flows, the everything, the lyrics, yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're both right there with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a give and take, right? So if I trust that you know more about a certain thing, mm-hmm. I just let you do whatever it is that you yeah, feel yeah. like you know, right? So when it comes to, you know, more of the back end, like the social media, the marketing and stuff like that, if I feel like, you know, maybe this will work mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, you know what I mean? But that's, you know, what I do my homework on. Yeah, right? usually no, like I'm going through with it, like fine tooth and comb, but I can also like, the best way to put it, it's like, there's only so many times you're like going to go through your hair where it, like ends up being perfect and then like that third time might like ruin it or like whatever and it's like that's sometimes you stop me before i go overboard because then i'll overmix the track right you know and stuff so i feel like that's the beauty i think in our relationship um as musicians where it's like i'm taking it to the like the plateau but i'm not jumping overboard because you said hold up you know like because then we end up killing a greatness you know I mean, what could be something mm-hmm. that was great by right. overdoing it. Definitely. So, um, you know, with the photography piece, right? So mm-hmm. you are, like, I think, the expert on that end, mm-hmm. right? So who am I to say, you know, the technical piece of how you take a particular photo is wrong when you've been studying this for years, right? Yeah. So there's... But there's still open to insight. I think, of course. Like, I think, like, mm-hmm. for me or anybody, it's like you can't... You can't just, you know, uh, cut yourself off to like constructive criticism because mm-hmm. I might be I might be doing something that I think is right, but it's just not working to my advantage. So it's like it's like walking with a limp after you break your leg. It's mm-hmm. like your body learns how to wrong, walk incorrectly mm-hmm. and you're hurting yourself more rather than like a physical therapy, learning the right thing and walking correctly within your life you know what i'm saying so i think that's a lot of time you point that out to me during photo Mm -hmm. shoots too like you Mm -hmm. think we can move this i could i could study it to the t Mm -hmm. and i've noticed a lot of people in this game like they go by the book Mm -hmm. but i think the best is like when you actually i would say break the rules like Uh when you break the rules a little bit you Mm -hmm. come across new ways of doing Mm -hmm. things you know and i think that's kind of where we find our balance right when Mm -hmm. it's like you're super technical you're always like the lighting needs to be right here it needs to go off at a certain time with the right specs and stuff like that and i'm and i kind of try to chime in i'm like how can you get past that to be a little more efficient exactly so it's it's you know kind of just like a back and forth like i always say you know and it's just years of communication Mm -hmm. and years of knowing who we are as people and years of you know understanding and compromising with each other right so you know when it comes to the compromising piece you know we always try to meet in the middle right so but when it comes to the compromising piece we kind of trust the other one when they're super adamant about something it's like if I don't like a particular melody on a song yeah, and you're like, no, 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 this is it. Yeah. This is it. And I'm like, that's where okay. you can't, you can't compromise because right. sometimes like one of us will be so passionate about it and know that like, this is it, that you can't come to that. You can't always compromise because if you always compromise, it's like you have a subpar type of product. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you have to stand your ground. I have to stand my ground or you have to stand your ground. Mm-hmm. To really be like, your gut's intuition is telling you like, this is it. And you should never go against that. I don't mm-hmm. think so. And that's where 
tension could come because mm-hmm. everybody wants it their way. Yeah. And it's always hard, especially in a group or more, like mm-hmm. to to really because if not, then you're like, oh, he's just he's uh, what's the word? Uh, you know, you're just kind of um, you're the only one that's always going to be telling people what to do. You're like hogging. Mm. You know, you're like hogging the situation. Yeah, yeah. And um you know, that's that's pretty much like the whole creative process. Um and also now we didn't speak about the video part. So, yeah. photography, you kind of mostly take the reins and I kind of just chime in here and there, right? Mm-hmm. And slowly as I'm learning more off of you, I you you trust me more when it comes to like the photography and mm-hmm. you know more of the technical stuff and stuff like that. So, when it comes to videos, um pretty much the same thing you know we we film music videos or we'll film like little snippets for like instagram or youtube or whatever yeah. and or even <clears> the weddings like, and the weddings like uh, like where we actually make money mm-hmm. for what we do the funny thing is that um so when it comes to weddings right mm-hmm. i'm more of the guy that's like i have to sit here and set myself up with like okay this is the point where i'm gonna stop mm-hmm. right if not i'll burn myself out yeah. when it comes to like okay, I want to piece this thing together as fast as possible, as efficient as possible without, you know, dumbing down the quality, right? Mm-hmm. So with our most recent video, what I took, um, what I took, what's the word I'm looking for? What I took the lead on, right, mm-hmm. was actually sitting on that chair and piecing the video together. Because yeah. I feel like when it comes to that, um, that's where your overthinking comes in, right? Mm-hmm. So where you're overthinking, you're like, okay, I got to process all these video clips. I have to do this. I have to do that. And then you start overthinking mm-hmm. and then you go ahead of yourself. Yeah. And that's when you're like bouncing back and forth from like the video clip. I think that's what a lot of people see in our end results of our work, <laughs> though. It's like they see your logistics, your like your logical sense of thinking of how people interpret footage versus like. I have my sprinkles of like, like you're artistic, but me, I'm like that person that's like, oh man, like, look at this, this could represent this, this, Mm -hmm. this, this, and that's how I'm looking in depth. So I feel like that's a great, great balance to Mm -hmm. have. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you have it where you're seeing it from here. Mm -hmm. I have it where I'm seeing it from here. And then like once I guess the average person or the audience is like experiencing that or an artsy person, whatever the case may be they're taking in all that and i think it's so rich in flavor with a good balance Mm -hmm. for whoever's palate that it's like it becomes a success yeah and i I guess to to piggyback off that too it's um i'm more of uh, the structure guy right Mm -hmm. so i want to do everything piece by piece Mm -hmm. that way i don't miss out on anything right and i don't feel like i can be creative until i am structured and i am organized right so that's when <clears throat> you'll have an idea and you're like, oh, let's put this clip 10 minutes into the video. Yeah. And like, we're just in the intro of this <laughs> wedding video. But this is this is probably where, like, our personalities, <clears throat> our personalities and our outlook crash. Like, this is where we bump heads because it's like, I have my routine of how I do things, you do too. And it's like, if we don't find that middle space, this is where we get aggravated with each other. And I think like also like being in, we talk about this all the time. We're in music, we're in photography and we're into video. And mind you, as an artist and and clothing. So for us to like 
all of these are like artistic quote unquote genres of work where it's like most people are struggling so from a financial aspect too this is where like you know i i've gone into mad debt for this stuff you know what i'm saying this this is this is the real real of it like when you're going when you're buying equipment and equivalates to like a new bmw right i don't have a car he has a car so it's like I'm paying off equipment each month, you know what I'm saying? Or you're trying to make enough money to stay relevant with equipment, build your arsenal, pay your bills, eat, take care of everything else around. And then it's like all these things add up plus whatever other stresses, like again, like we said that you have in your personal life, it could be family, it could be girlfriends, it could be other friends. And then you have to balance all this at the same time when you're just like, you know, uh, like for me, it's like, I have to make mad sacrifices to like, sometimes I don't go out all the time. Sometimes, you know, like I can't just like do what I want because it's like, again, all this shit is mad expensive. We just bought the mics and literally with the discount, came out to like $700 and we didn't even get the preamp for it. And this is like, we almost had like another, you know, you can speak on it. Like we had this like scuffle because it's like, we bought the mics. He thought, all right, we got the mics. We don't need anything else. But then it's like this other thing came up and I was like, can you purchase it? And this and that. And like, when you go through all these different things and finances and stuff like that, and we're both like young guys, you know what I'm saying? That's like, life isn't perfect you mm -hmm. know and everybody should know that so like you second guessing yourself if you're artist upcoming artist like there's a lot that goes into this and you have to take that jump you're gonna be in debt um if you don't like going into debt if you're not you know this this and that like you have to pay it off slowly but then you can only work with what you have and hopefully you can make something out of that but it does take a lot of equipment and i think you've been a witness to it over time that one makes your job easier, more efficient, and the turnaround time to our clients is like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot and, of things that go on. And that's I guess another good segue to, you know, talk about the apparel stuff. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, we, we sell merch, right? Mm -hmm. We I guess we could call it merch, right? It's just the merchandise that we put our logos on, uh, whatever creative stuff we feel would look dope for mm -hmm. somebody else's. And that works as, uh, you know, a little extra money for us to use to reinvest into our whatever endeavors that we're on at the particular moment. Right. You want to break it down for them real quick? What the apparel stands for? So, so you guys, you guys, you're going to, going to see a lot. So, yeah. So we, we've, we've gotten this question several times and, you know, for the most part, anybody that's been following us kind of gets the gist. Mm -hmm. So the BTTN is short for Benetton. So Benetton is the name of the group. Mm -hmm. So the BTTN stands for is because the truth navigates. Yeah. So, you know, with us being who we are, we always thought that the truth would get us a lot further than, you know, making stuff up on music. Um, we never had to play the, the smoke and mirrors game. Right. So, you know, we, we, we emphasize a lot of the creative stuff that we do on, you know, just being true to ourselves and true to our craft. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> you know, the the rest of the, the, the logo is a little more. What's the word I'm looking for? A little more. Help me out here. 
Like, you know, what you're looking for. I don't want to use the word creative because it's like, it's, it's whatever. So you interpret, interpret it this way, right? Mm. So you're looking at the logo. There's a triangle here that a lot of people confuse with Harry Potter. Harry <laughs> Potter has it the other way around, but I can see why you got that confusion. True, true. But it gets a lot of people's attention because once you're walking around and we have it tattooed on ourselves. So I have it on my arm and Rich has it on his neck. Yep. So whenever people look at it, they're they, they're intrigued by that sometimes. Yeah. And then somebody's like, oh, my God, the Illuminati. You guys yeah. are part of the Illuminati. We've had, like, spiritual people <laughs> approach us, religious people. We've had people that you would never think approach you about tattoos. Like, for some reason, I guess the energy that we put into it reflects, right. you know, like, even if it's, it is simple lettering, it has three dots and a triangle and a circle. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, the triangle, we used to be a three-man group um now we're two-man group so that was just that triangular representation mm-hmm. trifecta the circle is for infinity so we just hope that whatever we do forever you know gravitates mm-hmm. to other people again the three dots were like almost like a crowning again mm-hmm. of the three of us mm-hmm. and like jay he's the one who um before it even got popular too because i know like a lot of people went with like the whole acronym type of thing Jay had broke it down to simplify it, to put it, you know, he gave me that idea and then I put it together in simple form. I remember drawing this on like a bank statement. I don't know. It just came to me and we rocked out with this one. And then after that, we it was just BTTN to like, you know, say Benetton. But then we're like, okay, how do we expand on that if we want to make it more of a movement in apparel and like, so everybody can gravitate towards it and we made a stand for because the truth navigates and that's how we feel at the end of the day amongst all the lies amongst anything that anybody says about you if you are true and once the smoke clears you'll still be standing and like that's that's how we feel this is why this podcast is here Mm -hmm. this is why a lot of things are in motion because we're just staying true to ourselves, and we hope you guys do the same, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're more of, of longevity, right? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> yeah, we've than... never been about the quick buck. Right. So, you know, <laughs> we see a lot of these artists these days, right? And I'll put air quotes on that. A lot of these artists these days, or influencers, if you want to put it that mm-hmm. way, um, kind of doing this gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. So, they'll do this gimmick for a quick buck. Uh, what's the record label? Is it Atlantic that's signing all these like yeah, Instagram people and turning them into artists and yeah, stuff like yeah. that? So those a are... lot of things have lost value. I feel like mm-hmm. over time, like whether you're a modeling agency or a music label, like I feel like they gravitate towards the popularity and they're not really gravitating towards talent. And we know mm-hmm. that it's like who can be out there more. It's not more like who can sing better than the other person, who can rap better anymore. Mm-hmm. We live in that day and age. It's a gimmick. It's mm-hmm. a very yeah, it's gimmick driven. So, and and that's one of the reasons why we stick to our guns, right? Because we can easily have like a gimmick where it's like you know we'll come up with a stupid concept that we feel may go viral, yeah. and then we'll we'll piggyback off that and try to write it off till the wheels fall off. But we're more about like you know substance. Yeah. We feel what we do will live forever. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I feel, you know. And you know. Again, th- the longevity of, of, of things. So That Latin DJ, I forgot his name, but we were at stage 48. Is that what is it called? Mm-hmm. We were there for the Latin. We were there um, 
I think uh Alex Insatiable, I think. Alex yeah, yeah. It was somebody who mentioned that um making a record that's classic, it it will it will go against the test of time. So it's like now even though you're in the club and you have nothing but like trap music, still you have like a biggie song that comes on and everybody knows it, or Michael Jackson song. And like that's how we wanna create music. Like I think we always said, like, somebody comes across our music 10 years from now, hopefully somebody uses it for, like, their own sample of their record. Somebody's influenced by it rather than something that doesn't carry that essence of inspiration that you know is very cookie cutter, made in a studio. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so you're definitely right on that. Like, it's, yeah. So it's like you compare, I guess, the biggest artist you would say would maybe be, like, Drake, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so compare Drake to somebody like a, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, but the Trippy Red, right? Mm -hmm. Trippy Red, he's I guess popular these days. Mm -hmm. Some of the kids that I work with are just like keeping me in the loop with some of these new artists or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Trippy Red, you'll compare him to a Drake. Drake has more substance whether yeah. he writes his own stuff or not that's not on me yeah. but if you enjoy his music his music usually carries on for years listen right? any of your guys artists that you guys love being that i've worked in behind the scenes of like a public you know publication company like or as a producer you guys gotta understand when you're that busy whether you are a meek mill a drake you know um any artist that you enjoy, like somebody's writing a record for you. You know what I'm saying? Because there's that's how the come up is for producers and artists. You have to write records for larger artists mm -hmm. because that's how you get your check. That's how they stay relevant, and that's how everybody. You're like, how did somebody make all that fire one one after the other? Because sometimes it would take a long amount of time, mm -hmm. but sometimes you have to have that concentrated. Yeah. So that's like artistry is like that it's like everybody's writing for each other like don't get it twisted so think think of it kind of like the power rangers right mm -hmm. so usually and i'm talking about the old school power rangers right so okay. the leader was the red ranger right yeah, yeah so jason is drake okay but jason would not be anybody without the other pieces exactly right so then when they come together with the megazord yeah, yeah. the megazord wouldn't be the megazord with all the other pieces exactly. right and but there was always that one head that's why you have an entourage. Because mm -hmm. even if even if you were solely the only one writing for you, like you found all that time to do it, you can't do anything without a 40. You know what I'm saying? You can't do anything without anybody that else is on his team, like stylist, the, the booker, the accountant. Like everybody, you know, all we have is really us at the end of the day. We have other producers you know um that work with a shout out to lx and you know um and then k-state like we've just entered a field where like we've built a little hype around our name where it's like we've been honored by other producers doing their thing to approach us and be like i want to work with you you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying so it's always a team behind something great don't get it twisted speaking of gimmicks 
Um, this is a question that I've wanted to bring up since it's been popular in the news and on social media and stuff. So, you know, I'm, I'm always rummaging around social media trying to figure out topics that we can discuss. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to discuss the topic of Mr. 6ix9ine. Oh, Mr. Takashi, I don't know if you know what's going on with him, but yeah, I've been reading about. He got himself into a little trouble, and I mean, I don't want to be that Debbie Downer, but I kind of saw this coming, mm-hmm. and I know, I'm sure a lot of people saw this coming, and I don't want to sound like a hater or anything, but when you put yourself out there like that, and you put the so-called gimmick out there, that's kind of where your 15 minutes of fame run out, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of emphasizing on the music, which he said it himself, he's like, oh, I just play around. I don't even take this thing serious. So why are people like that even in the music industry? You know what, I'm you know what it is? For me, <clears throat> this is where you and I always are kind of on opposite side of the spectrum. I, I can be a very big like conspiracy theory person, and then you're just like, you know, it either is or isn't. For me, I'm thinking in hip-hop, a lot of the reason why this stuff is prevalent is because they want, they still to this day, like, even though, still to this day, I feel like they're trying to keep, you know, a lot of different people of color down. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, even if you start in the hood, you're so easily influenced, especially as a kid, just kids in general. So, like, if you keep that gang violence up, you have more people that work for the police force. Police force, more checks are cut. You know what I'm saying? I feel like there's a balance. Like, I always said it. Like, if you open up a tire shop, I feel like sometimes that tire shop is putting, you know, pieces of glass and, like, pins in the street because they need the business. Like, somebody's like, oh, damn, my tire blew out. How did this happen unexpectedly? Oh, shoot, there's a new tire shop that opened. And I feel like... That's how it works in business in general. But in the hip hop community, it's kind of like, you know, oh, Bloods and Crips. Let's keep that going because that's more work for the police and vice vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like this opened my eyes to the hip hop police, too. Like, are they on? Are they the good guys or the bad guys in the sense? Like who created, you know, who influenced because music is influential. Like if you think of Dipset or anything else, like. There's a lot of gang members in, like affiliated with Dipset, but it's also like it gets you hype. You know what I'm saying? So like music motivates you. And then I could remember even for myself, like you start dressing like your favorite hip hop artist. After that, you can like pick up on that persona of like maybe a little more rough around the edges. And like it's a big influence. There's like nerd rappers and all that. That's brand new to the game, which is great. Like there's an expansion of who's influencing you. But I think it goes so much deeper to like even NWA days of like, this is a lifestyle that people live. Some people are really about it. Other people are gimmicks, like you just said. But like everything is about the dollar and capitalism in America. So if it's not making money, if it's not creating problems that it's like, it's like, again, my mind's going so many different places. It's like, it's like drugs in America. And I'm not just talking about like marijuana and crack. I'm talking about Valium and all these other things you could pick up at CVS or what the doctor prescribes to you because it's like, oh, shoot, this took care of my, um, I don't know, like my my panic attacks. But now you're like, oh, I'm bleeding out my ass. And you know what I'm saying? And it's like now I got to take another pill because I'm bleeding out my ass. And then it's like, oh, shoot, you don't see this 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 evil genius behind here making all this money. I'm not saying 
that everybody is evil behind that market. Like people create medicine, but mm-hmm. over here it's always overboard. Yeah, like, but basically the 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 idea I'm trying to get across is you own a record label, right? Mm-hmm. You have this guy that's like scorching fire, mm-hmm. like a Takashi, right? Why not? And I think they were trying to do this towards the end, mm-hmm. right before he got arrested, is kind of steer him in the direction where he can have more longevity. You can He can make you more money. I think it so, comes down to the person. Well, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, look at Cardi B. Cardi B went the complete opposite route, where she was like this dancer who was hood as hell you know mm-hmm. and she took the opportunity to start working on her music and now i think it's atlantic that has it right so atlantic yeah. took her under this umbrella and completely transformed her into this person that we a lot of people love you mm-hmm. know what i mean so takashi got involved with the whole chicago thing and you know the violence and you know putting on this 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 show basically for people online mm. which was super dangerous i was thinking the whole time so now you got your you're knee deep in this now yeah so now you're trying to flip it after xxx got killed right so i think that's what his turnaround was so which is like this is getting a little too violent you know, this but he, i feel like he actually like you know, like, I feel like he had an intellect mm-hmm. that was, like, superior to his actions. You know what I'm saying? I felt like he had the most room to grow as an artist and a person. And, like, he probably was dealing with depression, anger, and all that through his actions. Like, I, I wasn't a fan of, like, him beating on, like, women and going to jail and doing all this extra stuff. But, like... For me, I felt like his intellect could have got him really far, and like mm-hmm. he's the one who ends up dead. Mm-hmm. But same thing for Takashi. Like if you're in jail for the rest of your life, you might yeah. as well mm-hmm. be dead because there's no life to that. Mm-hmm. There's no life to. I can't even imagine like us being at 21, and then you know, even if he's going to jail till he was 50, say he was getting like 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's a long ass time. Like. He's done after that. Which <laughs> is done, period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you come back out in this world and you're lost. Mm-hmm. And, like, if people are already, like, ratting you out now just to make sure they're good at, like, mm-hmm. I think that's that's what it is. It's this quick dollar. It's this get-rich-quick scheme. Which is funny because I think that bit the record label in, in the ass, right? So they mm-hmm. have this quick get-rich-quick scheme that now you have to pay for legal stuff right you have to pay for his lawyer you have to pay for this you have to pay for that he said on the breakfast club that he paid over five hundred thousand dollars in legal fees imagine what you could do with that money though that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i feel like he was trying to or whoever is behind him was trying to flip that so that he can have more longevity i mean but it it was a little too late at that point. it doesn't matter who you are you could be will smith and like will smith in the eye to everybody is a cool dude right he's inspirational he gets sued all the time Mm mm-hmm he gets sued all the time. So it's like... He, yeah, but these, these legal fees are not from being sued. It's from shootouts. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's made for him. But you're always... Stuff, I feel yeah. like once once you are, like, you know, famous to that degree, you're always going to have to deal mm-hmm. with something. Somebody's going to come at you. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to come, you know... Skeletons are going to come out the closet. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part that's crazy yeah i mean which which is fine i mean you you being and that's where you have to keep 
you have to have no skeletons in the closet when it comes to something that crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's it, it was too late for him, I think, with the, the turnaround or the decision to make that turnaround was a little too late for him because I feel like he had a lot of potential. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of his music, but everybody, I just think it's for whatever unfo- reason. The thing is, if you do what you do, you know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? If, if you're 21, it's 21 or the, your 20s is like a weird age because it's like you know what you're doing, but you're also figuring yourself out. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can have sex, if you can smoke and all this stuff, you know what you're doing. But at the same time, like you're figuring yourself out as a person. Me from being like 18 to 21, different people. 21 mm-hmm. to 24, different people. 21 to 28, I was different. Still growing, still maturing. Still maturing. So I think like what my father always told me, he's like, make sure you learn your lesson and make sure it's a lesson you can come back from. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if you come back with, you know, less of less of an arm, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And you, you can't learn from it to, you know, that's drastic. Something you can't come back from is the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah, man. So... I mean, we could talk about this topic all day, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, but... I think it's unfortunate because I don't know, like, we don't live amongst them. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the truth is. We don't know what the lies are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he has to live with it. If he knows that he did those things, he knows what he did. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always tell all the kids I work with, don't ever put yourself in a position where somebody can possibly lie on you, mm-hmm. and then you're screwed. Because if you're a drug dealer turned musician... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential for you, but at the same time, if you're trying to wash your drug money or you're racketeering through the music mm-hmm. and just, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is, this is all good. This is how we got on. This mm-hmm. is, nah. Like, you're going to have problems. Yeah, man. So, you know, good luck to him. <laughs> it doesn't look good for him, but good luck to him. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, back to us. <laughs> um, I was asked by someone, I forget where, but uh, they asked, how did we meet? How do we meet? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I always I always say that the way we met was kind of this four letter word, fate. You know? Mm-hmm. And things happen for a reason and you know this in particular made me like a firm believer in that, you know. Because mm-hmm. when I was in I started getting into music maybe my early teens, as far as listening to hip hop music, mm-hmm. um, like I mentioned in the last podcast. Um, I got into like the English music a little later. Yeah. Um, because like I mentioned, my dad didn't like me listening to like anything with curses or, you know, stuff like that. So with that being said, once I got into like maybe seventh or eighth grade, I started listening more to hip hop music Mm -hmm. and then I, that transitioned into high school. Now I met, I went from New York to Jersey, right? So I moved from New York to Jersey and in Jersey, I was more into like, because I was a loner for the first, I want to say maybe the first half of the school year. Because yeah. I was still fairly new, you know, this is a completely different world for me. Trust me, I it know was, that feeling. It was I a moved a lot. Super tough transition. So going from New York to Jersey, where I was like in this bubble in New York, where all I saw was Dominicans, maybe Puerto Ricans sprinkled here and there, maybe a white person here, a white person there. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew nothing but that. So then when you take me out of that environment and put me into a high school where there's like all these different kinds of people and I'm like, and Clifton High School is pretty diverse when it comes to like, you know, races and ethnicities and stuff. So 
once I started exposing myself more to other kinds of music, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, I was I was a pretty big loner. Yeah. So the way I kind of used as an outlet was writing. So mm-hmm. I would write poetry. I would write the um, you know little things here and there in my notepad. You know, whenever I'm bored in class, I kind of just wander off and doodle here and there. Maybe write a couple things and stuff. So um, that's kind of how I started with the writing, mm-hmm. and then. Maybe like my sophomore, junior year, I started writing like these little, because I was a really good friend with somebody else who would write little, I want to say little little battle raps, but in mm. between, in classes, we would write little things. Do like I know little, this person? No, you don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I would write little things. We would write like little, and at the time I didn't know the format of like 16 bars, 32 bars or whatever, eight bars. Yeah. And I would just write basically like a full sheet of paper, right? Mm. You take a loose leaf paper, just fill it up with like... So is this a fun fact where like Jay started off as a battle rapper? Oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> but at the time, I wasn't like confident enough to like recite and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Kind of like you hear a lot of the people are, like in the lunchroom, like battle rapping and stuff like that. I never did any of that. But with the writing, I would write things in a particular class, maybe like algebra or something. If I get bored or finish my work, I would write something. Mm. And my goal, our goal, was to write a whole sheet of like rhymes yeah. towards that person. Like either insulting them or making fun of them or whatever. So then we would exchange it at lunch lunchtime. So then when we would get to lunchtime, we would exchange and we would read each other's things. Jay's basically telling you guys, "Don't come at me. I will wreck you <laughs> in a battle." No. I've written pages. The, fun, the funny thing is, at the time, I was like that guy that was just like going off of what I knew, right? So I would listen to all these, you know, I guess you would call thug hip hop music. Mm. Um, gangster rap and stuff like that. So I would write all these ridiculous things like shoot you in the face, blah blah blah, and all this crazy stuff. That if if any of the teachers like Yo. came across it, I probably would have gotten expelled or suspended or something. So that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with writing and stuff like that. So the reason I think you asked is because I was in a class with when I was in New York. I was in a class with a mutual friend of ours. Yes. So and that's. So when I left in eighth grade, we lost contact. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years later, when MySpace was still around, some guy adds me on MySpace. I'm like, yo, who the hell is this guy? He's like sending me messages and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know this guy. And when I first met him, he had like this baby face. Yeah. So then in these photos, he has like a full beard. He has long hair, braids. And I'm like, yo, I don't know who this guy is. And then at the time on MySpace, you don't really put your like, your official name yeah, or like a screen sure. name or something like that so i'm still trying to decipher who the hell this guy is and then a little later he's like oh i'm such and such yeah, yeah. and you know we reconnected and mind you i went to high school with this guy yeah so like i met this guy sophomore year because i just moved again mm-hmm. from another town and i met him and i was I just learned Fruity Loops and basically, you know, uh, I was recording. I got into hip hop. I got into writing. I was on the same path as you, like started writing all that. Me and a homie down the street, um, Terrence, I'm just I'm going to just say names. So like Terrence down the street, he actually taught me Fruity Loops. He found the program. He's like, yo, I've been messing with it. And then I got into that. I had the little setup from the house. That's where we won't put your government out. That's where Stat mm-hmm. Stat came around and 
you know, he was recording with me and he's like, yo, I have my boy that I used to go to school with in New York. And I was like, he's like, he's like, he's a poet, but he's trying to like put down raps. And I was like, that's interesting. That's dope. So mine, like coming out of high school, graduated. I went to Europe to visit my father that summer. I was like, I want to be out of Jersey. I just wanted like some time to reflect. And this is the AOL days. This is the AOL days where this guy hits me up on AOL. He was hey. like, I don't know, Dominican Poppy, 176-866-XOXO. You know what I'm saying? So he was just, he hit me up and he's like, yo, what's good, man? My name is Jay. Um, I'm Stats Boy and uh, I'm trying to get into recording. I heard that you you have a setup, that you do the rap thing too. And this is the funniest part because he's like, yo, I, this whole summer I've been making t-shirts. And it's like, he's like, I know I don't know you, but I know your rap name. So I made you this t-shirt. Yeah, that was so cool. So he made me this parlay, like microphone, like it, yeah. it was in script parlay. It had a French flag on it. And like the, the Y went into a microphone. It was dope as hell custom-made pieces so you could tell jay was already on the path to making his own apparel yeah that was like a 4x white tee too that yeah was so funny but it's funny how you see these things like they go from these little ideas to like bigger things over time you know what i'm saying yeah, so like man. there was already a premonition who knew like six years seven years down the line we would literally have our own apparel we would be selling this is crazy this mm -hmm. is why i'm saying like Never belittle what you think is dope. You know what I'm saying? Never belittle your dreams, your ideas. Don't be, like, nervous about it. Just go with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. the, the more self-doubt is, like, fog up here. It creates fog. Like, confidence blows the fog away. And then you have a clear mindset to focus. And I think that's the most important. So mm -hmm. that's basically how we, we connected. Like, it yeah. was... it. It was through, uh, long story short, it was through a mutual friend, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, then we started doing music. Um, he started teaching me the ropes of, as far as, you know, what 16 bars are. We kind of just came along and taught each other certain things, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, throughout the years, I wasn't super confident with the voice that I had. I wasn't super confident with the flows that I came up with and stuff like that. And that usually comes with time mm -hmm. and with people around your circle that want you to be better. Yeah. And strive to make you better we could have so, yes man you away and be like absolutely. yeah it's good and it's, I dope, just, it's dope and i could have just yeah plateaued at the bottom mm -hmm. you know what i mean if, and if you heard maybe we could come uh, i think somebody might have like some old recordings oh, yeah, maybe we sure. could play some stuff so you guys can see how awful that'd be we were. that'd be super interesting yeah you know we used saying? to we used to re record the songs right in the basement with the most basic setup, right? Mm -hmm. And we used to throw it on MySpace right then and there. And we we're like, yo, this is the best thing ever. Oh, ever. my God, yo. We're going to get so many plays, blah, blah, blah. And, then, you know, looking back at it, we were like, ooh. The first song he ever recorded, I know it makes me cringe. It was, uh, I know exactly it was by was Riding like. Hot. He called it JL's Riding Hot. That's what we went by, JL's. Uh, I, I hated that name, too. Yeah. yeah. It was such an awful name, but this is where Jay would like matches his his fitted to his sneakers. You Yo. know, both of us had the triple XL T shirts. That was back in the day. Everybody wanted to match everything with yeah. everything. This that was, was like the, the that's why I mentioned Dipset mm -hmm. era. Like mm -hmm. we, you know, 
guys got clowned on all the time. Cameron started wearing pink, then guys wore pink. And then, like, you know, we had all the bagginess. We had Rockaware leathers. We had the Jerbo jeans, the Tims, mm-hmm. everything you could imagine. Like, Fubu. Fubu. The Fat Alberts, remember? Oh, my God. We or were... Lot 29 with the, are... the Looney Tunes character. We are dating ourselves. I know. But um, <laughs> that's kind of how we met. So, you know, yeah. we, we've known each other for quite some time. So, um,. I also wanted to touch upon one thing that somebody asked me. Now, um, I'm going to go into my Instagram real quick. So if you have any questions you wanted to ask while I look this up, go right ahead. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> basically, this time around, I wanted to ask you, like, what, like, what excites you? What really gets you hype in this life? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe outside of music, maybe outside of what we do, like, that's already a given. Mm-hmm. But, like, what what really, like, hypes you up? Like, what hypes me up? Yeah, like, what gives you great energy? Like, what what makes you feel good, like, when you do something? Like, what is something you look forward to? Like, again, outside of, like, music and all, like, you know, your creative realm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <sighs> I guess just, like, the simple things, man. I just, like, having downtime. For myself that mm. hypes me up so reading I, books hypes jason uh, <laughs> i don't have the concentration to read a book which is kind of sad but i, I listen to a lot of stuff um i listen to podcasts a lot okay so i mean i i don't know it, it, it all depends i mean the simple things as far as like if i have a day set up right mm-hmm. it's gonna sound so stupid but I have this day set up where I'm like, I got to do this at this time. And then once I'm done there, I got to go here. Because that's mm-hmm. about what most of my day looks like. It's like from a particular time slot, let's say from I wake up at 9.30 or 9 o'clock. And then I have to get up. I have to take care of paperwork. I have to, you know, make sure the Instagram's tight. I got to make sure, you know, check in on a couple things. So I have like a hour and a half, two hour window where I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. And then once I'm done with those two hours, I have to run to the gym, mm. get a, you know, a workout in between like an hour, hour and a half, maybe two hours, depending on how much time I have that day. And then once I'm done there, I got to go home, eat, shower. So, you know, just to make it a long story short is if I'm doing this whole long day mm-hmm. and I do everything within the time allotted mm. for those particular things that I speak of. Okay. Um, as far as, you know, and for those that don't know, I work with kids. Um, a lot of kids with behavioral issues or, you know, mental health concerns and stuff. So, you know, once I have like a success story, that's uh-huh. hypes me up. Cause some of these kids come from like a really bad, you know, home or really bad situations where it's like, uh, you know, a person that comes into the home, doesn't a complete stranger basically. And you work with them for, you know, six months to a year. And then you see this person go from this kid that's going down the worst path ever. And then you come in and do your best to try to flip that around Mm. with the smallest little things maybe going out to i don't know wendy's and grab like a chicken nugget or something or Mm. like ice cream or you know just going to the park and shooting around for a little bit and once you see that transformation when this kid is like feeling hopeless to um i can do this Mm. that hypes me up Mm. That super hypes me up. So, so you can you can turn Takashi six nines into black thoughts. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was talking to who was it? Somebody hit me up on on IG and they because I was talking about Takashi the other day, and that's what inspired this question earlier. And they were like, 
something along the lines of, do you think you could turn this person around? And I'm mm. like, yeah, I want nothing to do with that. It's yeah. a little too late for him. But, um, you know, I work more with, like, the younger kids, like, you know, mm. preteens or kids between, like, the ages. Well, personally, like, I know I know you like, you like movies. Mm-hmm. He also says he's a chicken parm aficionado, if you've checked yeah. his uh, social media. I mean, when when it comes to that travel, yeah. When it comes to that, um, I love traveling. So whenever I can scrap up some cash, and you know, I'm actually have a flight tonight, uh, where I'm going to be gone for the weekend just to get away for a little bit. But um, whenever I can scrap up some cash together to put together for a flight, mm. you know, even for like three to four days, that hypes me up. Um, when I'm watching movies or TV shows, when, you know, now that we're into like the whole videography and, you know, cinematography and photography and stuff like that. Like I even showed you a clip from, what was it? One of the TV shows, Marvel, probably like Iron Fist or something like that. When there was like this particular angle where they shot like this particular scene and I'm like, yo, this was super fucking dope. You need to check this out. The way they did it, you know, it could just go over, you know, the the average movie the other person you know like, but when somebody's like angry train. oh angry train now we're in <laughs> now we're in so um you know stuff like that when it comes to seeing something and and when it comes to movies i like reading ahead of things okay. so i'm like looking into the production of the movie you know i'm looking at rumors i'm looking at all this so when you know you get a product that you have been expecting mm-hmm. or surpasses your expectations that hypes me up yeah yeah so you know so quite a bit of things hype me up so, so, so. you me <laughs> um i think like i don't know this this is probably like a geeky side of me but when i know i have something coming in the mail from amazon or bnh photo the anticipation <laughs> between that moment it's like I think that's the beauty of like what I love to do. It feels like Christmas is every day because it's like sometimes you have these little things that are coming your way that like, yo, it's going to make life so much better. And like, you know, um, as much as like, again, like, you know, I'm a gearhead, but at the same time, I love to learn even before I get it in the mail. I love to learn about what tools I'm using. I like to learn how to use it like the back of my hand so i'm not just like here it is i have it to have it it's usually like a very planned out type of you know strategic plan of why i bought this how it's gonna make our business better and all that that hypes me up um i love travel i really do i don't get to do it enough again a lot of my finances go back into this stuff but when i do man like i love to expand my palate with food people you know different cultures like it's always nice to see how you know somebody's living and experiencing life on their end hopefully in a positive manner um and uh another i I mean being an adult like yo like food all the time food hypes me up when i know lunchtime is coming and i'm hungry and I have a moment to myself. I'm like, yo, this is it. <laughs> this is the best part of the day. So, <laughs> when you mentioned the whole Amazon thing, have you ever seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World? One of my favorite movies. I always make like movie references, but there's this one scene where he orders something on online, and he closes his laptop, and he immediately sits in front of the door, 
Oh, wow. And then once he sits down on the door, you hear the doorbell ring, ding, ding, and then he opens the doors, the package he's been oh, waiting wow. for. That, that's how I feel, though, you know, like, like I'm like, I'm still like a little kid, like looking out for the UPS or FedEx guy. I'm like, yo, he's here. Or when you see that box, when you open the door and that box is sitting there, you're like, yeah. Santa's been here. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like that type of vibe. It's so like, funny because I don't order much online, but I did the other day for a pair of sneakers and I've been waiting for it. And I never wait for anything. You know, yeah. I always see packages from people in my house that order stuff. And... um <clears throat> I order these sneakers, and then when I get home, I see the box, and it's, like, glowing. It has this aura. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yes, it's here. So. I guess, like, that's the most materialistic part of me, outside of fashion. I have to say I love fashion, but, like, those two things always get me super, super, super hyped. So um, I wanted to talk about one more thing before we head out. And I mean, we could dedicate a whole episode on something like this. Mm -hmm. um, but one comment in particular I saw on Instagram that somebody uh, put out there. And I don't know if she feels comfortable with me putting her name out there, but um, I'll just read it. And I won't put her name out there just yet. And I'll make sure that it's okay with her. But um, another thing right before you say that, guys, keep we want to hear your responses to this podcast it's going to be a better way. Again, we're always out there with our thoughts. We get onto one topic you see with me all the time. I start mm -hmm. delving into other things. Mm -hmm. The more questions you guys have, the more we can specifically dive into, you know, some of the stuff. We also have the questions about gear. Mm -hmm. I know people we'll ask. Dedicate an episode to so that. we're going to mm -hmm. dedicate, you know, a lot of stuff to that. Just keep the questions coming so we can better organize our podcast for you guys. Right now, it's just like feeling each other out. So. Yeah. And we don't want to sound like we're all over the place either. We're trying to build the structure. Um, so, you know, if we didn't get to your question, please ask us again. And I'll make sure to get back to you. And I'll let you know if we're going to do it on the next episode or not. But when it comes to, like, the gear, like you mentioned, we're going to dedicate a whole episode to breaking down the uh, music videos and mm -hmm. all the gear that we use to put that video together. So we haven't forgotten about you. So, um, you know, this one is from this question is from carousel queen underscore princess on instagram okay she's been following us for quite a bit and i do keep up with the instagram so i see all these names come up here and there so i have conversations with certain people and she's a sweet lady mm -hmm. sweet girl uh she has a daughter as well okay who loves our music uh so she wrote to us i would like you guys to talk about anxiety okay um i have public anxiety that i feel comfortably uh that i feel completely weird slash different around every single person okay and I am not sure how to overcome it. It's so bad. I don't even want to be around, uh, I think, these doctors. I don't want to be around doctors. So it makes it super hard to get better. Gotcha. Any advice for me? Uh, oh, by the way, I know I say this a whole lot, but I just love you both so, so much. <laughs> hey, we love you too. <laughs> so, um, you know, being that I work, I guess I'll, I'll jump into this. Mm -hmm. um, being that I work with uh, kids that have uh behavioral issues and mental health concerns and stuff um i run across a lot of people with anxiety right mm -hmm. um i feel like everybody has a certain level of anxiety mm -hmm. in them and you know a lot of things factor into how bad or how you know how bad it is mm -hmm. you know and or how bad it could get so you know just working with these kind of kids and working with not working with but you know associating myself with certain people with certain levels of anxiety you learn how to help them cope with it right mm. so when it comes to this person in particular what i would say is you know just try stepping out of your comfort zone right 
So you have the social anxiety where you f- don't feel comfortable around doctors. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I hate dentists, but, you know, I got to get my teeth clean, right? So you kind of just have to weigh out whether... Then you have to make this ter- determination on yourself. Do you want to get better? Mm-hmm. Once you make that determination, yes, I want to get better, you have to take those certain steps to get better, mm-hmm. right? So if you don't feel comfortable seeing a doctor, maybe start off with like a support group, maybe. Yeah. Where you can, and you can Google this, you know, wherever you wherever you live, you could just Google, you know, support groups for anxiety or support mm-hmm. groups for depression, support groups for grief, where you can kind of get your feet wet as far as, you know, seeking treatment, mm-hmm. where you can, you know, go in there and kind of just see all these other people going through the same things, uh, maybe worse, uh, maybe less, but, you know, you could take, pick and choose what you want to take out of those situations, right? So you go into this group. And I've seen these kind of groups where you kind of just go in there. You don't have to talk. You kind of just sit there, mm-hmm. let them know, hey, I don't feel comfortable speaking. I kind of just want to sit here. Okay. And you kind of just sit there and listen to these stories. You can take what you want from these stories and you can see that you're not alone. Okay. Right. And that's what I feel a lot of people with anxiety have to deal with, with the fact that they feel like they're just crazy. Right. Because mm-hmm. they feel a certain way. I feel like thinking certain things. I feel like anxiety stems from uncertain, uncertain, uh, uncertainty, mm-hmm. and also not having control over a certain situation. Mm-hmm. So, like when you're unsure, if you're having, you know, if you're approaching somebody you don't know and you're uncertain to how they, what they think of you, and that's making you anxious, and you feel like you don't have control in the conversation. Sometimes it's those things that you basically just want to build. Like, I feel like anxiety stems from social brain structures and social structures that you might have to work on as a person. Also, I would say, because, again, I deal with a lot of anxiety. You also want to deal with, you know, your diet. Your diet is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, If you get low blood sugar, your anxiety can spike. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have too much caffeine your anxiety can spike if you're if you drink coffee or too much tea Mm -hmm. throughout the day you're going to feel like that hollow feeling like you're like oh my god what's going on around me your heart your heart's gonna race that's gonna spike your anxiety um you might if if you are going the natural way of smoking marijuana you might be smoking the wrong marijuana that Mm -hmm. spikes your anxiety you gotta find what works with your chemistry um Stay off pills sometimes because that might just calm it for the time being, but it's also going to make it even worse when it does come back. Uh, I think with anxiety, I remember I wasn't prepared for social speaking in my social studies class, like back in high school. And I had like a panic attack Mm -hmm. and I could feel like the panic attack came from an overwhelming uh, feeling of anxiety. I wasn't prepared nothing I could do made me feel right. And then it took me a while to feel comfortable, even to this point, talking in front of a camera or hitting a stage. But it's like, I found something I love and it has, you have to do the same thing. You have to talk to a crowd. So it's like, if you can find um, an answer to your anxiety by like, kind of like tricking your brain, think about, you know, I do love conversations with people. And then you find that anxiety or like, Mm-hmm. kind of drift away tip off so mm-hmm. again watch what you're eating reprogram how you how you see things because mm-hmm. if you're thinking that everybody 
is out to get you or everybody thinks you're ugly or this or that, that's going to spike the anxiety. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Anxiety most of the time are you're believing the lies in your head. Yeah. So, so. And I was going to mention something about that. And it's like you got to reprogram your brain to think positively. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to think positively positively when you're going through rough situations, right? Yeah. So, Or if you come from a household that's like always making right. you second guess, you mm-hmm. know? So a perfect way to word it is kind of like, let's say you have an event to go to, right? Mm-hmm. You're not the most social person. You got an event to go to. The anxiety is going to tell you, oh, I'm going to have an awful time yeah. or something bad is going to happen. So what I try to tell people is kind of just reprogram your brain to think, but what if this is going to be the best time of your life? Yeah. You know? And I think it's also by social standards Mm -hmm. because it's like uh, the person that's outgoing is Mm -hmm. usually seen in such a great light. If you are literally introverted by nature, Mm -hmm. like you could be introverted, you know, like to a certain extent. Like it's always, if somebody approaches you at a party, it's fine. You don't always have to be that outgoing person Mm -hmm. to enjoy yourself. Right. And it's not that, you know, you're less of a person because you might be introverted or stuff like that. Or if you're not comfortable with people you don't know off the bat, these are actually normal things. Mm-hmm. Like it takes time to warm up to people. We live in a crazy world. You never mm-hmm. know who you're talking to. Right. You never know who's trying to get stuff from you, but you can't delve that deeply because mm-hmm. you'll drive yourself nuts. Again, mm-hmm. I do it with myself overthinking mm-hmm. all the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, just going back to this particular person, I guess the what I would recommend is maybe going to a social, uh, not a social group, but like a support group of some kind. Mm-hmm. Start off slow. Um, take baby steps. Mm-hmm. Set certain goals. Set what would you say to a person that doesn't want, like, that doesn't feel like that's an answer, like like a social group? Get they... So the best way to do that well she said in particular she has problems with public anxiety which i'm assuming is social anxiety gotcha. right so being around other people being in crowds being around people you don't know right mm-hmm. so what i would say is take baby steps i always tell people set realistic goals okay like the main the main goal is i don't know what you want to do is like perform in front of a big crowd i yeah. don't know um but you have to take baby steps right you have to pass so you have a little ring right Mm -hmm. that's your comfort zone Mm -hmm. you have to slowly step out of that comfort zone in order to build this other ring right so once you feel comfortable there you take another step so what i would say is you have to expose yourself to certain things that you don't feel comfortable doing until it feels comfortable for you exactly and if if the anxiety is to the point where you have to see a doctor um that's when i would go the the What's the right I was going to say? Just like the the support group, right? Yeah. Because it's not a doctor. It's usually ran by somebody that's like a, I don't know, maybe a psychologist or, I don't know, like a therapist of some kind. And, you know, those things are built for comfort. Yeah. Where you don't have to speak. You kind of just go there, kind of vent. And when you do feel comfortable, take that next step and maybe speak up. Mm-hmm. Say a couple things. Introduce yourself, right? So that is one of the realistic goals you can set. Just yeah. make it to one of these things. Yeah, like because I, I feel with uh, anxiety, it's like you're you have you're going overboard with something that is okay to feel. Mm-hmm. So it's you know you can be cautious in this, but most of the time anxiety is taking it to the extreme. So you know you almost feel worse when a doctor is telling you like, oh, I think you should do this or take this because you have anxiety. It's mm-hmm. like 
it really starts with you. The doctor can't do much for you, but prescribe like a quick remedy versus, you know, you actually, again, watching yourself, taking balance in your life. Again, that's physically and emotionally. And it's one of those situations where you, like Jay said, start small. Like if you actually, it's got to be sincere too. If you find interest or you find the person at your corner store or your job, like actually really nice and welcoming, start little conversations, start with that. And then you can, you'll prove to yourself that your gut, your instinct is actually right. That this is a good person. That is a bad person. And you're going to build your confidence and building your confidence and your awareness of your surroundings will almost diminish the anxiety. Like sometimes you'll always have anxiety because it's almost, it's a strength and a weakness. It's, it's letting you know about your surroundings, but too much to an extreme Mm -hmm. where you have to back it up and be like, Mm -hmm. this is a good person. Mm -hmm. This is a bad person. If you get that negative vibe, if somebody's like, oh my God, like what's on their face? They're so ugly. And then it's like, okay, that person thinks I'm ugly. Maybe I shouldn't be your friend versus somebody's like, Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Janet, how are Mm -hmm. you? And they give you a hug and they are Mm -hmm. sincerely happy to see you. Start conversations with that person. Mm -hmm. That person is going to be good for your life. Right. And I guess to, to feed off that as well, if you don't feel comfortable in a support group, try something that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're interested in like, I don't know, geeky comic book stuff. Find like a little group that people get together and read comic books together or find... Go to a cafe for some quick poetry. Go to a cafe. Um, You know, but you have to kind of expose yourself to these certain things you don't feel comfortable doing Mm -hmm. until you do feel comfortable. And, you know, last case scenario would be seeing a doctor and maybe exploring the idea of of medication, but that's usually the last resort where it gets to the point where you really can't, like you're debilitated and you are like a potato in your bed and you can't move or anything like that it's like winter if you stay in your house and it's warm all year and you're comfortable with that for sure outside is going to feel so cold Mm -hmm. if you're outside and you're moving more Mm -hmm. you adapt so it's all about adaptation Mm -hmm. and another thing i uh because i i suffer from and looking back at it i think i suffered from social anxiety when i was younger because i hated being the center of attention even Mm -hmm. to the point where i've only told one person this story Maybe two, mm. where I would be like maybe seven or eight years old at a, my birthday party, and we had a piñata at my birthday party, and I had mm. to be the one like bash the piñata or pull the string, mm-hmm. and I hated being that person to the point mm. where I would just like freeze. Really? Yep. Wow. So you know, it's just com- it comes along with like time. It comes with you know again exposing yourself to it because I I went from that person that didn't want to bust the piñata over to the person that's out in front of hundreds of people performing a song. Yeah that I'm messing up a song and that's another anxiety on top of itself because you know whether we've done this a hundred times or two times you still have that anxiety of damn am I gonna mess up but you know you have to get past that fear because your body naturally wants to protect you from messing up or protect you from these fears right so you just have to tell your body and another thing I practice you know I hate jumping from topic to topic but Mm. practicing the art of saying yes right yes so I found myself during a certain period of my time saying, no, if I go to that place, I'm going to have an awful time. Mm-hmm. Or 
no, if I take this trip, I'm I'm going to be broke for the rest of my that, life. That's or, your gut's intuition really telling right. you what it is, you know. And, you know, working on, you know, even with you when you're like, oh, we have to spend this much money on this thing. And I'm like, no, I don't think we should do it. Mm. But then when I open myself up to saying yes, mm. obviously you don't say yes to like awful things like, hey, let's jump off this cliff with no parachute and oh, no. splat on the ground or something. <laughs> you Perfect. To, you have to pick and choose what you say yes to, obviously. Yeah. But, you know. I feel it's kind of like the movie Yes Man yeah. with Jim Carrey, where he took it a little extreme, but it's kind of like that, where you have to pick and choose, and your brain wants to tell you no, mm -hmm. but try saying, let me try it, see what happens, you know, and it comes with like food. Mm -hmm. I try everything I could possibly try, because I always tell myself, I don't know if I'm going to, this is going to be my best meal of my whole life, yeah. you know what I mean? So if you fear failure yeah you're never gonna go anywhere anxiety it's like again it's it's seen in a negative context we feel like it's negative um it's just because your anxiety is to the extreme it, it's the same thing like you're an x-men cyclops had to find something to concentrate that beam of light that comes out of his eyes because it was too much he would kill everybody around him what you can do with your anxiety if you concentrate it mm. You can have feelers. You can you can have all this, but just concentrate it. So you have a gift in a sense. Mm -hmm. Everybody, like people see these as weaknesses and all that. It's just because they're just, it's too much. It's overwhelming. You got to learn how to control it. Mm -hmm. If you learn how to control these things of sensitivities or sensories, mm -hmm. you're going to be extra mm -hmm. good. And that's all it is because I don't think anxiety goes anywhere. Um, no. It's just your way of handling it and kind of yeah. just like suppressing this anxiety because i feel like anxiety is just and again we're not therapists we're not no. psychologists or anything like that we're just you know just just from our experiences it's um your body's natural reaction to a certain situation yeah. so the way i feel the most important thing is just trying to find the cause of the yeah of the anxiety Once it's like an find... adrenaline rush right adrenaline rush doesn't feel all that great either because mm -hmm. sometimes you can't feel things or like you're so in the moment that it just everything surpasses you mm -hmm. but again instinctively it's a way that our body adapts to a situation if you got to run for your life adrenaline rush because you need that extra energy to survive a situation it's the fight or flight exactly <laughs> so um you know i think that's super important because obviously you can't resolve something if you don't know the root of where this anxiety is coming from or exactly. what's triggering this anxiety. Because exactly. once you find the triggers, once you find the cause, you're able to address these issues or avoid these triggers mm -hmm. or figure out a way where you can handle these, you know, feelings that you get once you this anxiety flares up. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So, you know, I guess um, long story short on this one, because we can ramble all day about this, but, you know, find the cause. Uh, find your triggers, uh, try to suppress these feelings either by exposing yourself to these little things that make you feel uncomfortable, just little by little, or um, finding a social setting that makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. And see, you know? it's like people also say suppress is a negative context, mm -hmm. but it's like this is one of those times where you need suppression. You mm -hmm. need to suppress those mm -hmm. those feelings. So. Yeah, man. That's it. Perspective. That's it, man. Why so, is Siri going off out of nowhere? I don't get that. So, um, you know, this episode went a little longer than expected, but, you know, I think we had a really good conversation on this one. 100%. But, you know, continue to send us questions. Continue to send us comments on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter. Um, make sure you rate 
um, leave a comment um, on, I was confused, Apple Podcasts, yeah. Spotify, follow us on Spotify. You know, we do have music out there. Check out the project, Second Nature. Mm-hmm. Um, we still sell the, the merch. Um, and you do know that the merch, we the money we get from the merch, we reinvest in all this crazy expensive stuff to get you more content, to get you more product. And, um, you know, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. As always. Um, I love like, doing subscribe, this. comment. Like, subscribe, comment on YouTube. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Like us on Spotify. What else do you do? Follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Benetton Music. Uh, I think that's everything, right? Yeah. And then you, you guys are definitely going to hear a difference in audio quality for next time. Yeah, man. So hopefully we can drown out more of this outside noise yeah. and the angry train. Hopefully you won't hear it as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, It'll be a lot more pleasing to your eyes. Yeah, I mean, your like ears. Oh my whipping God. in the kitchen or something. So. Exactly. Um, again, thank you guys. Thank uh, you. Keep sending us stuff. Keep sending us your feedback, whether positive or negative. Let us know where we can improve. If we didn't get to your questions now, we'll get to them a little later. Make sure you keep resending those questions if we didn't address it at this one. Um, We're gonna also going to get to that gear talk. I think we should mm-hmm. like label it Secret Stash. Mm-hmm. And Secret Stash is going to let you into everything that we use. So if you, if you have, if you can buy it, you can do whatever we do. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to hide anything. We're going to let you in 100%. Mm-hmm. The recipe is here. Yeah, man. We'll fill you in more on our creative. Because I know a lot of people ask us about the creative process. So we'll we'll break down and maybe the next video, we'll probably break down the uh, the music videos and how we what gear we used and what thought process we went through to put this video together and also how we edited the video and you know just just all these things so um you know stay tuned um make sure you tell a friend about it Mm -hmm. because that's the only way we're going to get out there is if you guys uh you know spread the word word of mouth let's get past these stupid algorithms let's get past all these stupid facebook advertisements and putting in money for advertising so you know the strongest tool for advertising is word of mouth so Mm -hmm. tell a friend to tell a friend we love you guys thank you again for tuning in this was another episode of the terrible reception and i hope to see you at the next one yes one